This is Sports Radio 100.9, The Myth. You've waited patiently all day. All wait. They were patient. They didn't get rushed. But Great Lakes Bay region, we finally arrived at the payoff from high school. Siler from three, and she's been automatic tonight. To college. Just wait until March, bro. To the pros. This game just feels very trap gamey esque We cover everything a Michigan sports fan could want. This is uncharted territory. And now, here they are. It's the payoff. It's a free play. Fields for more. Got him. Touchdown. Bears lead. He's on the left in that unbalanced look. Oh, a fumble on the snap. Loose on the deck. Bears are claiming they've got it. And it is ruled Chicago football. I thought we played hard. I thought we did some really good things at times. But honestly, it was the discipline. I mean, uh, the penalties cost us today. And that's really the story of the game. That's the story of the game. Yeah, it's just a momentary lapse of judgment, you know. And that's, uh, I'm disgusted with it, that play. And I think I, you know, that play was just to just change the momentum of the game. And that's, that's on me. Somber Monday. Disappointing? Absolutely. But I drove... Four and a half hours to sit in the cold and watch this team not only lose, just play miserably. And I guess that's where we'll start things out. Uh, what what a, just a god-awful performance from really everyone. Typically, it's the offense shows up and we're mad at the defense or mad at Dan Campbell call. Everyone was bad on Sunday. Everyone was bad yesterday. No one showed up. No one got off the bus. And... The funny thing about yesterday is I'm going to start with the prince of Detroit, the guy that no one's allowed to talk bad about. Ben Johnson? You know, there's a silver lining with every Detroit Lions loss. You got to be able to find something positive. And what I found out yesterday was Ben Johnson might not be ready to be an NFL head coach yet. I mean, yesterday was disgusting. What was that? The thing that pissed me off the most yesterday was you have David Montgomery, who's absolutely cooking. 10 attempts, 66 yards, 6.6 yards per attempt. Why is he not getting the ball more? I mean, first and foremost, going against his former team, he's already angry. This is a personal game for him, and you just refuse to throw him out there. And I understand Gibbs had a good game. This isn't a knock on Gibbs. This is a question as to why you're going away from what makes the Lions great. I understand the Lions offensive line is dealing with a bunch of injuries up front. But if you're too scared to run the ball, well, then you've already lost. You have to be able to run the ball if you want to establish up front. And that's exactly how you are going to win this game. Bears are great at stopping the run. Bears are great at running the ball. You got to be able to do it back to them. The Lions said, you know what? We're good. David Montgomery, our bruiser, the guy who can't get tackled, always falls forward. Yeah, just not going to use him today. Why? Take away that one Jameer Gibbs run, the 36-yard run, and he's got 10 attempts for 30 yards. Three yards a carry. 
David Montgomery more than doubled that. He's got way more yards after contact. He's got more 10-plus yard runs. Remember that two running back set that we were promised at the beginning of the year? Remember these creative ways we were going to use Gibbs and Montgomery together? Where's that been in the last four weeks? This offense has been stagnant for weeks, and I've been trying to warn everyone. No one wanted to listen. Oh, we're 9-3. and three. Everything's going to be okay. Is it full-blown panic time in Detroit? I don't understand why Monty Williams was not playing. Why do I keep saying this? Not Monty Williams. David Montgomery. I don't understand why he wasn't playing more. His over-under was 725 rushing yards on the season. He's already passed that, and he's missed multiple games. He's been nothing but spectacular all season long. And on Sunday, when you need him the most, the Lions just elected, eh. Not today. Today's not your day. And John, go ahead and stop me at any time, because if you don't, I think I might be able to go the whole hour just going off on Ben Johnson. And we haven't even got to the defense yet. Uh, the play calling, and to be honest, I could probably go in a full hour on Ben Johnson. I think we might have put Ben Johnson on a pedestal, guys, way too early on. Way too early on. This is only his second year calling plays for the Lions. He's only been here two years. So to think that he's just going to get up out of his chair Go coach Carolina with Bryce Young and Adam Thielen. What's he going to do there? The last month of Detroit, it's been nothing. It's been inconsistent. I mean, look at the second half play drives. Look at the second half drives yesterday. Three play punt. Three plays punt. Three plays punt. Two plays fumble. Four plays turnover on downs. 11 plays turnover on downs. Five plays interception. Didn't score once in the second half. You can say the same thing about the Saints game. I know they scored in the second half a little bit more, but... You let the Saints get back into it after going up 21-0 in the blink of an eye because the offense got stagnant. What is going on? Did Ben Johnson run out of tricks up his sleeve? The gimmicks are up. The Panay Sewell out wide, it's real fun until it doesn't work. Then you start scratching your head. What's going on? You're not helping Jared Goff, who looked like a scared, scared little boy behind the offensive line yesterday. He got rattled early and just decided to not be aggressive the rest of the game. I'm going to play extremely conservative. Jared Goff basically turned into Tim Boyle yesterday. Does it every time he plays in the cold. That's not even a knock on Jared Goff. It's just a fact at this point. We know this. There's evidence to back it up. Ben Johnson certainly didn't help Jared Goff out, though. And John, once again, stopped me at any point because yesterday was personal. Yesterday got us all angry. It wasn't a lack of execution. It was a lack of helping this team succeed against an inferior opponent, Chicago Bears. I understand this matchup was tight. It was a matchup that I don't want to say favored the Bears, but it was a good matchup for the Bears. They matched up well on paper against the Lions. What I didn't expect was the Bears to just walk all over this team and for the offense of Detroit to just disappear. Absolutely gone. Nowhere to be found. What's been going on with Ben Johnson? I don't know. You refuse to lean on the strengths of this team. I understand. Frank Ragnar was hurt. I will acknowledge that. But why are you trying to run fourth and ones, third and ones, with counterplays to Jameer Gibbs? Fourth and one, you're down by 12 with 12 minutes left, and you're running a play that got Jameer Gibbs tackled four yards behind the line of scrimmage. 
David Montgomery doesn't do that. Falls forward every time. Why is he not being utilized more? Not to mention, you're not setting your offense up to succeed because of all these predictable situational play calls. First down, incomplete. Second down, incomplete. All of a sudden, you're facing a third and ten again. You're not helping out your quarterback in those type of situations. I don't know why you're trying so hard to establish the run with Jameer Gibbs when you know from the very beginning this is going to be a cold-weather game. This is going to be a bruising game. You're going against a physical defensive line. A defensive line that's great at stopping the run. Stop trying to beat him with speed and hit him where it hurts. You have to be able to establish the run early on in games if you want to succeed, and the Lions eh, failed to do that. They had the long Gibbs run. Monty was successful early, and then they just stopped giving him the ball. Out of halftime, I don't know what this team does at halftime besides give each other patty cake. Let's just do our dance in the locker room, light some scented candles, and eat our oranges. And do they, Every single third quarter is the same. They come out and go three and out, and they don't score. They're 20th in scoring in the third quarter. Where is the panic meter on this team right now? Because I've been hinting at it, but no one wanted to believe it. And I think, rightfully so, no one wanted to believe it early on. Because we were having so much fun at the beginning of the season. You wanted to internally believe this team was going to get out of this slump. But you're starting to find out who this team really is. Sure, early on in the season, going against teams like Carolina, going against teams like the Bucks. Going against teams like the Falcons, you look like world beaters. Now that you're playing in the division, now that you're playing in the cold weather, that's not really the case. You're two and two in the division. You're one and two past Thanksgiving. What is this team? What's their identity? Is it running the ball? Doesn't seem like it. Is it passing the ball? Certainly not when you're playing outside. And luckily for the Lions, they're playing indoors the rest of the way. And if you host a playoff game, once again, indoors. But Jared Goff, I mean, that's a completely different conversation outside of Ben Johnson. There's there's so many ways you can go with this. This couldn't have been a more disappointing game, John. We're going to get into all the different reasons why. But man, oh man, I'll start it with Ben Johnson. Because I don't think anyone wants to go at this guy. But for the last month, the offense has been meh. Meh. I, I don't want to go at him either, to be honest with you. And I was very intrigued because, I, you know, obviously off the top, you told people you made the trek down. You whipped around Lake Michigan four and a half hours to get there by game time. You were there and you probably and I know you live and die with every play on TV, but I'm sure you felt all right. I'm going to lead with what gave me the most guttural reactions, the moans, whatever of what you saw. And to me, that was Jared Goff more than Ben Johnson. I. There was multiple plays that you just felt with Goff that he he couldn't make. Like, th- this was my main observation from yesterday. I think before this season, and honestly, I would say even before the last couple of weeks, Jared Goff was in the tier of he's not going to make you a pl- he's not going to make a play that wins you a game, but he's also not going to make the mistake that loses you the game. Right? That's how we feel about Goff. And, well, I, and I, but that. Hasn't been the case recently. Well, that's because early on in the year, 
he was being set up to succeed. Uh, well, he, w- he wouldn't get rattled early I, because Amandra St. Brown kept, kept getting open. They kept dialing stuff up for their playmakers, whereas yesterday, what what do you want Jared Goff to do when it's tar- third and ten? I get that. He targeted he targeted St. Brown nine times. He targeted Laporta six, right? So and most 50, of those so, came in garbage time. I, I get that, but they, they targeted the best players. It's not Ben Johnson's fault. Gibbs couldn't hold on to a third down swing route that would have been a first down You're early right. in the second quarter. It's not Ben Johnson's fault that the snap had no communication. It's not Ben Johnson's fault that Jared Goff doesn't give you the slightest tad of mobility. I mean, especially early on in that game, the Lions pass, and honestly throughout, you know, even though the defense, again, was shaky, and we'll get into that later in the program, but Fields had the ability to extend plays, and not even, okay, like the big rush was something and faking out Hutchinson and whatever, but even just a couple strides to his left, a couple strides to his right to buy a little more time, you don't have that option. So you have to be cutesy at times, and you have to use your speed, and I get it. You know, you want to use JMO more, and I know you've been the biggest advocate of that. I'm for that. The one time they targeted JMO, that's got to be a touchdown. That's got to be a touchdown. Should have been a score. That's got to be a touchdown. So, like, and also too, and you know, we we talked about on Friday's show towards the tail end the narrative with Goff playing in bad conditions. And I know you were there in person and interject if you think I'm a little out of place here. But he's Tim Boyle in the cold. it, it, It it wasn't hailing. It wasn't snowing. It wasn't even it was windy. windy. It's the, it, it no, wasn't it even really, windy. It really wasn't so even that windy. It was light wind. It was a little bit of cold. It was in 30 degrees. I get it. But it's not uh, – it's, it's going to be worse in January when you're outdoors. Like, sure is. It, you, the Lions schedule has the last four games indoors pretty sweet, and your coldest atmosphere, like you got Lambeau out of the way early, is early December in Chicago. And honestly, you got fortunate with the weather. Yet – I didn't see, again, and I keep going back to this, and I know you hate it. There was, like, even some of these completions, not tight spirals. One of Laporta's catches, Schlereth on the broadcast, he's like, wow, like, you know, he just kept uh, just uh, praising Laporta for the catch because Goff threw a duck at him. Goff wasn't on the same page like, as anybody yesterday. It was so... Jerry Goff wasn't on the same page as anybody yesterday, John, and yeah. I'm at the point where I don't know if I can take the Lions... 100% serious as Super Bowl contenders until Jared Goff is no longer the quarterback. And everyone can go back and listen to our show from a few weeks ago, a month and a half ago, and say, well, this is the guy that wanted a contract extension yes. for Goff. Yeah, we all did. guess what? Opinions change because we get to watch the quarterback play a little bit more. He's been terrible for the last month. You want to know what uh, his stats are in the last four games? Uh, here it is. Last four <laughs> weeks. 10 turnovers. Yeah. 10 turnovers. <laughs> seven interceptions. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I got something even better for you. Uh-oh. Last seven games. Here we go. 10 touchdowns, seven interceptions, six fumbles. Nice. Minus three turnover ratio from your quarterback. That's, and not every interception not was want. his fault. And, and, and granted, his, last, his second of the two picks yesterday, yeah, it's fourth and whatever. I'm just going to chuck it up. Uh, you know, I, I don't fault him for that. But... I tell you, Ben, and I know maybe some listeners will roll their eyes, but I just compare to what I live through. A lot of similarities between this year's Lions team and last year's Giants team. And you remember last year, Giants beat the Vikings, looked good, and then lost to a better division opponent, the Eagles outdoors, whatever, and they gave Danny Dimes the big money. Mm -hmm. It's why I don't sleep at night sometimes. Like, that's how I feel with Goff right now, where it's like he's still in prove-it mode which is just crazy to think about uh, just based on how early. Remember, I mean, 
there was talk all over this station in early October about MVP with this guy. Yeah. And and now I feel, and again, I'll reiterate it, he's not making you play. He's not making you better. He's not making the plays to win you the game. And you were okay with it because he didn't make plays that helped you lose. But I looked at it, and I know Glenn's getting a lot of flack. I know you're going to knock Johnson. Goff was public enemy number one for me yesterday. I just looked at it he like. Doesn't have a strong I, enough arm. He's not just, mobile. He can't get the ball into. I mean, he had that play to Josh Reynolds. That was one of the best throws no, and, I've ever seen in great. person. That and was that early was on in the game. But, Once he got rattled, it was over. He, and, he spiraled out of control. And, he couldn't get the ball yeah. to 19 yards down the field to get it to a Monroe St. Brown at the end of the game. Not that they would have won anyway. But you know what didn't help? Uh, three straight passes. Uh, Jameer Gibbs up the middle. It set up all these third and tens. They had eight different third and tens. That's not a recipe to win games. No, and 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 to specify on the quarterback for a second, and it was part of our promo for the show today. Fields made like really nice throws at point. There was a lot of tight windows. I I know everyone's gonna look at you know him beating you uh, you know on the ground and stuff, but there was a couple throws from Fields yesterday. And you can't tell me watching that game that you didn't that you thought Goff was the better quarterback. I, like, and and honestly, and, and I'm fine saying it right now. He's the third best quarterback in the division. <laughs> in here and now, I want the guy playing tonight. I know, and I want the guy who played on Sunday. I know, uh, you know, against the Lions. I, I really do. I I, I just don't know what this team's identity is anymore. It's not fourth down anymore. Last, uh, you know, you're twenty percent in the last five games. You went yeah. in the last three games. You're twenty percent on fourth down conversions. You went one for five yesterday. You're not setting yourself up to succeed with the fourth and ones. And when you are, you're running stupid plays. Yeah. What was that? A counter to Jameer <laughs> Gibbs to get him tackled four yards behind the line of scrimmage. It's tough. Why like, is that not between the guards, right to up the middle? I know Frank Ragnall's not playing, but if you're going away from your strengths, then you already lost the game. I, I know it's it's Monday morning quarterbacking. Uh, you know, not not to fault you here, but. I felt Gibbs was the hotter hand. Th- that's the only thing. And and again, I I were you I feel watching? Go- he was six. <laughs> was. And a, six they both got the same amount carry. of touches. I they both got the same amount of touches, pretty much. Both the same amount of receptions. G- Gibbs just was like they needed a big play, and they felt Gibbs was going to give that. Monty was an auto five yards the, when he touched the, the ball. I, the only reason why uh, I'm sort of coming around to your side a little bit here, they were never even though it felt like that. You know, they were chasing, and I guess mainly just based on that fourth quarter. Even in the third quarter, they started to go away from Montgomery when the game was tied. Like, right? I, if you're playing from behind, I think Gibbs is the better option. I, I get that because I think he's better, even though he had one of the drops. I think he's better uh, as a receiver. I, I think he's just, you know, it, he's just an athlete out there. And I think Chicago's defense, just at least at the defensive tackle position, was really, really strong. So, you know, and, and Montgomery took some licks. So maybe that was part of it too. I, I don't know, but it just. Uh, it's just tough when you look at who's running back number one in Montgomery and Gibbs gets more touches. Lions run about 44% of the time. Yeah. Yesterday they ran they ran 40. Yeah. Well, and, and also they just too, got away from it. I I know this is predicated on game, but this was another thought. I don't think Goff should throw more than 25 times per game. I know we're in an era where quarterbacks are going to throw 40 to 40 times, and, and probably in the postseason you're going to see that a lot. Lions aren't built like that. I'll tell you how about this, John? Like, how often did you see play be, action yesterday? I know. I know. It just was non-existent. It was third and ten. Everyone go get open. That's not how this team has won football games this year. Brock Wright had more targets than Jamison Williams. Someone explain <laughs> that one to me. 
You got to get your guys involved. But again, but like I, I know you circle that point. He had Williams. He had Jamo. That was a perfect play. I know it, <laughs> they couldn't convert it. Whether you want to blame it on golf having I know a noodle it was alarm, alarm, but you can blame it on golf having a noodle alarm. You can blame it on Jamo running the wrong route. They not, might not be on the same page. I don't even care at this point. That play has to be a touchdown. Yeah. He burned his guy, and we haven't even touched on the defense yet, which just remains one of the biggest problems in the NFL. 989-837-6125. Where are you at right now in terms of the panic meter for the Lions? Because I think <laughs> you're looking at the rest of the schedule. This, this Saturday against the Broncos is now just an absolutely must win. Absolutely must win if you don't want to choke this division away. You have to go win this division. And, and here's another question. 989-837-6125. Frick Sports Bar text line. We'll hit it. On the other side of this, here's another good question. If this team makes the playoffs and just gets dumped in the first round at home, was this even a successful season? Or did you just peak week one against Kansas City, who also looks terrible? Speaking of crybabies. Sheesh. Well, that should, be the, that should be the saving grace of yesterday, Ben. Three other division leaders lost. Jacksonville, Kansas City, That's Philly. I'm just AFC. saying. I'm just saying. And Philly. But guess who won? The Vikings. And guess, who, and guess who might win again? The Packers. The Packers. 989-837-6125. You're listening to the payoff fueled by Forward Energy. More of the Great Lakes Bay Region's only local sports show. Back to the payoff. 989-837-6125. Is this Lions season still a success if they don't win a playoff game? And what's your full-blown panic meter at on a scale of 1 to 100? Because for me, I mean, there's been signs of this for weeks. And we chose to ignore them. Well, we didn't choose to ignore them. We chose to be hopeful that they could put these problems behind them and figure it out as the season went on. Well, guess what? You're now 1 and 2 since Thanksgiving. You want to roll into the playoffs hot. You want to roll into the playoffs on a win streak. Now I'm looking at the rest of the schedule. Uh, two and two at best, if you ask me. You don't want anything to do with the Cowboys. <laughs> I'll tell you what, Dak Prescott might solidify his MVP candidate race when he plays the Lions at home week 17. He might throw for 500 yards. That's like a realistic possibility. Jerry Jacobs, uh, that might be his last day in Detroit. He might get, <laughs> people might find him outside of the stadium and drive him right to the airport. CeeDee Lamb's going to destroy him. And you're, I, I'm just writing Minnesota as a split because you haven't swept Minnesota since 2016. You haven't won in Minnesota since 2017. I get it. They looked terrible yesterday. Josh Dobbs got benched for throwing Justin, uh, what's his name? Justin Jefferson, a suicide ball. But I, I'm, I'm telling you, this Lions team has trouble in Minnesota. So I, I'm thinking two and two the rest of the way. That's if you beat Denver this week, who's six and one in their last seven games. Yeah, and you put out a poll that was on your personal Twitter, I, I believe, uh, based on, uh, you know, the record going forward and, and and your expectations for it. And it's hard to look at these next four games and think you're going to go 4-0 the rest of the way. And we thought the Broncos were going to be a layup earlier in the season. I think one of two against the Vikings was always the expectation, and you've said it, Ben. Like, it's just a divisional opponent. It's what happens. But the Michael Cowboys, Parsons is going to murder Jared Goff. The Cowboys are in the upper echelon, man. And I'll tell you, too, and this is a little injury dictated, but the NFC looks like the murderer's row compared to the AFC, which is inverse of what I thought. 
coming into this season. San Fran, even though Philly's on the bit of a downward slope, they're still figure great. Dallas, I mean, and then even Seattle, and then the team that plays tonight, uh, the Green Bay Packers. It just it, it it feels like you're 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 getting cold at the wrong time. Obviously, you never want to do that in December. But this NFC is not a cakewalk, man, and they're gonna have to earn these last four. And the Broncos are the ultimate wild card. A Saturday game. It's it's, it's gonna be one to have a it's gonna be hard to have a like a gauge on this a hold on 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 what to on what to expect honestly because it's at home but last time you were there you lost last time you were on the road you lost and that pass rush has to get the Russ who who like to circle it all back to on Sunday isn't the same rusher that Fields is and I wouldn't even call him a rushing quarterback but he's a guy who could extend plays still oh yeah and he that's moves what the around. Lions and that's what the Lions have been struggling with. Uh, since the beginning of the season. Yeah, since the beginning of the season. I mean, Cortland Sutton might just have a career day against Jerry Jacobs, who continues to not be able to guard anybody. It, it, if Sunday wasn't apparent as to making yourself ask, why did the Lions not trade for someone on defense at the deadline? I don't know what is. Because the guy you could have had, Montez Sweat, wrecked you. Wrecked you. He's had three and a half sacks since joining the Bears. That'd be pretty helpful. It'd be more sacks than Hutch has had in that time. And I know he got one <laughs> yesterday, but what are we doing jumping offside? I can tell you from the top row of that stadium, all they're trying to do is get you to jump offsides. Cole Komet even said himself, I have no idea how we got them to jump. <laughs> I have no idea. And then here we go. Hutch is offsides. Free play, Jerry Jacobs on an island, no safety. Of course it's going to be a touchdown. What other outcome would there be? Oh, I know, a pass interference. How did the Lions look at their secondary, look at their cornerback room, and just decide to themselves, nah, we're good. And then you don't even get me started on Brian Branch playing 52% of the snaps. Basically got cut in half from last week. Brian Branch could just simply play over Jerry Jacobs at corner. I know he's a nickel corner. I'd rather just see him at corner. He's got a better pass. Uh, he's got a better coverage grade, better tackling grade, a better defensive grade on PFF, just all across the board. Jerry Jacobs leads, a, leads our team in penalties. I, 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 don't, I just don't understand some of the decisions being made here. And then you have Hutchinson, not to mention that first mistake on, uh, on the offsides call, but then late in the game, you got to contain Justin Fields. Breaking news, he can run. And he just stunts inside. Justin Fields runs for an 11-yard touchdown. Like, that's just not good coaching. Aaron Glenn let us down once again. Ben Johnson let us down again. It's been like multiple games in a row of this. And then you have Dan Campbell. Uh, John, I didn't get to watch the TV broadcast, but... Just mm-hmm. from the replays I saw in the stadium, that was the worst challenge I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> that, was there any camera angle whatsoever no. that made that look relatively close to even considering throwing your challenge flag? No. and, and uh, <laughs> I could just leave it at that. But the lack of controlling emotions, by the way, too, and then the fields, the more touchdown. Like, it's the NFL. There's going to be a, a call or two you disagree with, but to then just become completely... Get just the defense to become out of it pretty much uh, in, in terms of the hookup from Fields to Moore. That that floored me as well. Um, My favorite is all the Twitter accounts posting all the times Hutchinson was held. Yeah, well, 
And, What's and listen, new? Yeah, it, it's, it's good. Every it's, week. Yeah, that's going to happen. Like, everyone watches their best player on the defensive side of the ball, and, and, and that's going to happen from time to time. The, the one penalty, and we talked about it pre-show, is that's that end of the second or first quarter with the – you know, the no, delay game. We're not that playing blame the refs game. That, we're not playing no, the and we no, we're not That was the only it. one that I think you could sort of have a problem with if you're a Lions fan today. But the rest of it, uh, you just got outclassed. Well, you really did. Whether or not that penalty happens or doesn't happen, does <laughs> do, do the Lions get closer in this game? Probably not. No. Yesterday was a disaster. <laughs> I'm, I'm in panic mode. I kind of have been for a couple weeks. Yep. They've shown flashes of this, this but I want to know where everyone else is at. 989 837 6125. Is it is it too privileged of me to be complaining for a nine and four Lions team, or does not, nine and four seems about right if you ask me? It does, just based on what we've seen the last couple of weeks. Again, you could use the thought process, and I know some Lions fans are today. And if that's how you feel, hey, power to you. If you were told in August that this team would be nine and four heading into week fifteen, you would say, you know what, I'll take that. But just based on how the recent games have been, there's just a lot of fraud talk with this team. I I, I think that's the o- the overarching theme. It just feels like over the last couple of weeks they've been they've been frauds. And, well, and honestly, well, you've played two games against teams above 500. Yeah, you're one and one. You want to know how many points per game they average against top 10 DVOA defenses? Mm, good old DVOA, 13.5. 989-837-6125. If that doesn't tell you they're fraudulent, I don't know what does. I mean, bad coaching across the board on Sunday, all three levels. I guess it's not special teams, but you missed a kick. Oh, look yeah, at how that. about you that, by the way, problems. too? Come on, Patterson. That, how, was, uh, that was tough. D- d- uh, how many times do we have to send Riley Patterson out there or not send him out there for us to just go look on the kicker market somewhere? When are we going to do that, John? When's someone going to make some calls about some potential free agent kickers? Because if you can't trust your kicker to go make a 50-yard field goal, then why is he on your team? You got an answer? Anybody no, got an answer? No. Nine, I, eight, I, I, I've tried to defend Patterson at, uh, Patterson at times this year. No, that doesn't work out too I'm well. I'm running most out of, of excuses. 989-837-6125. Is this season a success if they don't win a playoff game? Because <laughs> I'll tell you what. You better just hope you draw an NFC North team in the playoffs. You better just hope you draw a divisional team. And then you get on your hands and knees and pray. Because I don't know if this team is capable of beating a real playoff team. That's the sad thing. They had a great run at the beginning of the season. And now the wheels are starting to fall off the bus. The tricky stuff that Ben Johnson's running is just not working anymore. They're getting away. What's this team's identity? I guess I keep going back to that. They score a lot of points. Sometimes, sometimes they look hot, but then you get games like Sunday where you, they just can't score. Every third quarter's like that. I hope everyone enjoys their Clementines at halftime because they come out of the gate asleep out of halftime every week, every single week. 989-837-6125. Where are you at? Is it full-blown panic time for the Lions? And is this playoff? Uh, do you have to win a playoff game for this season to be a success? And here's another question that uh, I'll bring up on the other side of this break. Um, is Jared Goff really the answer long-term? Because I'm kind of starting to disagree with what I thought two months ago. And I'm not afraid to change my mind. 989-837-6125. You're listening to The Payoff Fueled by Forward Energy. The Payoff 
continues. More from the Great Lakes Bay region's home for sports. Sports Radio 100.9, The Mitt. 989-837-6125. Is this season a success if you don't win a playoff game? And do you think Jared Goff's going to be around long term? John, you want to know their third down and eight yards to go conversion rate since week seven? Sure. Ten. Fifteen. <laughs> fifth, fifth worst in the entire NFL. They just don't pick up third and longs. And yesterday, you had about a zillion of them. You had eight different times you had third and ten. Because the play call in first and second down was dumb. Where was the play action yesterday? Gone. Disappeared. Want to know why? Because uh, you couldn't establish a run with Jameer Gibbs. And I get it. He had the touchdown and he had the other long run. Outside of that, boxed and bagged like fish sticks. <laughs> David Montgomery, like a bowling ball. 6.6 yards per carry. How many touches did he get? Only 10. Don't understand it. And if you're going to be playing like that, conservative, it's just never going to work out. You have to be able to go lean on what you're good at. And right now, I just don't know what the Lions are good at. Hey, Laporta had a rush. We'd, we'd rather line up Laporta or Brock Wright in the backfield or <laughs> Malcolm Rodriguez than play both of the running backs together like we were promised at the beginning of the season. I can't take the Lions seriously as a real Super Bowl contender as long as Jared Goff's on this team. I know. I was the one that was saying he was an MVP two months ago, but he was playing like one. And now he's not. You know how hard it is to win a Super Bowl when your quarterback, uh, you know, can't move? Yeah. It's just a, it, give me a little motion to the right. I'm not asking for a run. Just extend plays. Right. Russell it, Wilson doesn't run anymore, but he can no. extend plays. Jared Goff is stiff as a diving board. If the O-line's going to play, and, and not that it was bulimia, it was far from the main uh, reason that they came up short yesterday, but... You know, it's, it, give me a little motion from time to time, a little something. Not, not throwing in a double coverage underthrow to Laporte on a basic third and ten. Oh, let me over look over the middle and throw it into the turf because I got nothing else. You know, tr- try and extend the play. It's tough. And again, Goff is not in that category where he makes plays that win you games. He makes the necessary throws. He had a couple elite ones, the Reynolds throw, and you mentioned it earlier. Elite throw. But there was a lot was of ducks yesterday. Was the only one. A lot of ducks yesterday. That, that first interception was just awful. Underthrown, didn't have enough strength on it. Just looked lost. Just looked confused. I mean, things, things start spiraling out of control real fast. And I guess I gave him credit for that after the first Green Bay game when he threw that early pick and was able to bounce back. Yeah. That was before the weather got cold. It was way before the weather got cold. Now, luckily, the next four games, and hopefully the fifth game in the playoffs, are all going to be indoors. It's good news for the Lions. Now go find your identity because I don't know what it is right now. It used to be used to be one of the most disciplined teams in the NFL. That's one thing that, in my opinion, has been consistent and then was out the window yesterday. The flags? Yeah. Yeah. Like you, don't you line always up knew. Like, the one thing you could say about a Dan Campbell team is like, okay, talent might not be there, you know, personnel, injuries, what have you, but this was going to be like a disciplined team. That, that was the feeling. Nope. <laughs> Nope, nope. To me, it was. And then yesterday was just, it was tough. What? And I'm not talking about Miss Assignments, Miss Whatever, like penalties. I mean, I, it's simple. It's simple it's stuff that hurts you yesterday. Yeah. It's the false starts. It's the jumping off sides when it's just so clearly just trying to get everybody lined up off sides or, or anyone to try to jump. 
It's the only way that play was resulting in a touchdown. And we can, we can play the, well, it should have been intentional grounding. Just don't jump off sides, and that play doesn't happen. Simple as that. Uh, let's hit the Frick Sports Bar text line. Scott from Midland. All I have to say is same old Lions. Don't drink the Honolulu Blue Kool-Aid. That's a topic right there. Is this the same old Lions? I would love to say no. In fact, I think I'm going to say no. I'm going to push back a little bit on, on saying SOL because I, want, I just want to believe that this team is going to be able to respond on Saturday. Now, how much confidence I have in that, I guess, is a different question. But the SOL thing to do here would just be you lose the rest of the games this season. You just simply collapse and choke this division away. I hope that doesn't happen. But that requires going two and two the rest of the way. And it, what would be really helpful is beating the Vikings twice. I'd nice. rather lose to the Broncos and beat the Vikings twice to get the division record up than split with the Vikings and win this Saturday. I mean, the, the tiebreaker in the division is coming down to divisional record. Yep. Green Bay and uh, the Vikings play each other later. You have to win this division. The odds dropped from like 97% to like 87% to win the NFC North, according to all these advanced metrics. Uh, Eric from Auburn. Never thought we'd be at a day where the Lions fans are complaining about nine and four. I don't want to complain about nine and four. What I'm complaining about is the last three weeks. You're one and two. You're one and two since Thanksgiving. And you've looked pretty bad in all three games. If it wasn't for Brian Branch with one hand, grabbing a ball and setting your offense up to score a touchdown, are we sure they win that Saints game? Offense was nowhere to be found in the second half. Disappeared. Hiding. I don't know where that team went. I don't know what Ben Johnson's been telling them. I don't know what Ben Johnson's been smoking for the last month. Oh, that's unfair. Contrarian chiming in, both divisional rivals have beat us the second time around. Yeah, that, that makes you think you're splitting with Minnesota, right? Well, they're 2-2 two and two in the division. Th- that's not good. <laughs> right now. That's not that good. And you got to go 2-2 two and two the rest of the way. And I again, just based on the fact that you played a Packers team on the up and up and a Bears team that's not competing what the Vikings are competing for, which is still the possibility of sneaking into this thing. Uh, hey, the Bears could have been eliminated yesterday. They could have. kept themselves alive. So I don't, I don't, can the Bears still squeak into the playoffs? It's not out of the question. No, they have a 1% chance. <laughs> they literally analytics. They have a 1% chance. So you're saying it's possible. I mean, John, what would you say your odds off the top of your head are the Lions don't win another game? Oh, I mean, I, I would say near 5 to 10%. They got to take one from Minnesota, especially what we saw from them this weekend. Minnesota was bad. Yeah. They were really bad. And, and honestly, I think they win this Saturday. I know it doesn't sound like I probably feel that way, and, and we'll get into the matchup as the week goes along, and probably a little sooner because it's a Saturday game rather, rather than a Sunday game. So stupid. But, no, you were loving it when it was revealed, no? Why, I have a better question. Why is there two Monday night games on the same, <laughs> oh. at the same time tonight? How am I supposed to watch both games if they're on at the same time? Come on, Ben. You're multiple monitor Ben. <laughs> You're going to have the Pistons on tonight. For some reason, I'm still watching those. 989-837-6125. We're wrapping up our Lions conversation. Uh, do you think this team, do you think this season is still successful if the Lions don't win a playoff game? I don't think so. How's this different than all the other teams that made the playoffs and lost? You have to end the streak this year. That's all I care about. 
Maybe the Lions aren't Super Bowl contenders anymore. So be it. As long as you break the streak, I'm okay with that. How much confidence I have in them to break the streak right now. Tell you what, uh, you want to avoid pretty much every team that's not in your division. I don't have any faith in them beating Stafford in Ford Field. Stafford might throw for 400 yards. I want that matchup badly, but no, the way. I don't. No, oh, you that don't. would be so no, cool. You don't. <laughs> that would Rams, Lions, and Ford Field opening round of the playoffs. Whew. 989-837-6125. What's your worst nightmare for this season? Uh, we'll hit the text line when we come back. You're listening to the payoff fueled by Forward Energy. Back to the payoff on the Great Lakes Bay region's home for sports. Yeah, everybody looks good at home. Sports Radio 100.9, The Mitt. 989-837-6125. You guys can text in at any time or leave a voicemail. We'll get back to you. Uh, play it the next day for you. No live calls yet. John, I got a, I got a funny story from my trip to Chicago to watch the lions have just the most miserable performance I've ever seen. Very nice. Well, and for, and for, for context here, left the day of left Sunday morning. Well, yeah. I'm, you didn't stay overnight. You got up early to make a one o'clock kick. Very cool. And, 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 and is there a time noon, difference? A noon. Yeah. Kick, a noon kick. Wow. Um, got up real early, left to go to the game. Uh, went through a long car ride, parking weird. Didn't love that. Um, very cold just to watch the team lose. But sure. after the game, when everyone's just miserable, Bears fans are yelling, Lions fans are sad, <laughs> everyone's walking back to downtown Chicago, and this chant breaks out. And I can't make it out at first, but then it gets louder and louder and louder. And I realize the Bears fans and the Lions fans became one in unison, chanting, Green Bay sucks. Green Bay sucks. Green Bay. It was it was one of the most fascinating things I've ever seen people do ever. Wow. It was. I mean, in unison, the Lions fans and Bears fans were just enemies for four hours, and then came together for their hatred for the Packers. It's disgusting. I loved it. I put I put a video out on on Twitter about it, but yeah, you had some great content from the game. I guess the Lions didn't like Uh, tweeting like, you know, it was Google. Could someone, could someone explain to me that delayed game penalty, please? I I, (laughs) typically that doesn't get called. I thought thought if it was less than a second apart, they just let it go to the quarter. Apparently not. What'd you get? uh, What'd you get in stadium? Any, uh, some food? No locked in. You you didn't, you didn't didn't get a drink of food, anything? Nope. Nope. Stay locked in. Stayed locked in the entire game. Did you use the facilities? What do you, what? The bathroom, the bathroom. Nope. So you just were in your seat the entire time. I was standing most of the game. Oh my God. It's locked in. Very disappointed. Uh, and, and now I'm at the point after watching that where my entire section was essentially Lions fans. Everyone's just saying, please run the ball. <laughs> Every time Montgomery touches the ball, we get five and a half yards, six and a half. He averaged 6.6 a carry. Why is he not getting the ball more? And everyone in my section is just ranting about it. Now, can the Lions hear us from the top of the stadium? Maybe. No. But it, it was nice to know everyone. I mean, a lot of the talk is they ran the ball too much. But I'm sitting here like every time they ran the ball with Montgomery, it worked. It was the stuff with Gibbs that wasn't working. And I could have told you this should have been a Monty game from the very beginning. It's cold. It's a divisional game. These teams know each other well. You don't need to get finicky and run to the outside. You need to be a bruiser. And, and they just refuse to do that. And now I'm, I'm starting to wonder if 
Ben Johnson's really capable of just leaving this team and having success elsewhere. I think it's a realistic possibility, depending on how this season ends, that Ben Johnson's back as the OC next year, which I didn't think that was possible maybe really up until this week. But the offense has been underperforming for over a month now, really ever since that Baltimore game. I know they looked all right against the Raiders. That was the, the big Jameer Gibbs game. But if anyone remembers that game, they were terrible in the red zone. Awful. And then you had the Saints game where, yeah, you put up 30, but 21 of those points came in the first seven minutes of the game. You had the Bears game, the first one. It took your offense three quarters and nine minutes to wake up. The offense has been extremely inconsistent. I don't know what this team's identity is. I don't know what they lean on anymore when times get rough. It just seems like there's, I don't, I don't want to say too many guys, like too many mouths to feed, because that's always a good thing, or at least it should be a good thing. But schematically, situationally, yes, Ben Johnson's still an elite play caller, but just from a situational standpoint, how many times have you seen the Lions get a lead and then just get way too conservative, get away from what's working? I mean, yesterday the Lions didn't have it from the very beginning and just couldn't figure it out. I'm starting to wonder if Ben Johnson, only in year two of play calling, can succeed in, let's say, Carolina, where he's getting the most buzz with Bryce Young and Adam Thielen as two best weapons and no offensive line. I get it. I, and, and, you know, like, it, it, it's hard to complain about this, and it honestly makes Ben Johnson's, and I, I'm, I'm sort of being his uh, attorney today, it, it, it sort of is a difficult thing for Ben Johnson to give everyone equal touches. Like I couldn't believe it yesterday when they had a great play call. Donovan Peoples Jones had a 17 yard reception. Oh, I, forgot reception. They, I forgot they had him. I literally was like, who is that? And Adam Amin took a second. He's like, who is that? And then he's like, Oh, it's DPJ. Like, DBJ only getting one target is crazy to me, too. That, was his that, guy's, first that guy's good, man. John, that was his first reception I since know. being traded. I, like, there almost is too many cooks in, in a way, in a, in, a, in a strange way, and that's what makes, like, the fact that Montgomery's not getting his touches hurt. But, like, you know, you want to target St. Brown nine times like they did. He usually gets targeted more. St. Brown you, was bad yesterday. Yeah, you want drop. drops. Yeah. No, multiple drops. Mm. You, you 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 go uh you're calling that one where he slid a drop on him. Yeah, I mean he he I don't know I don't where know else registered as a drop, but, but he yeah. oh, he usually catches those. I he get almost you. I get always you. catches those. I get you. It it was a frustrating game. I don't know who who was good yesterday. Gibbs for a few plays. Reynolds, I'll say that I liked Reynolds. Gibbs in person was pretty pretty special. Yeah. I know I kind of bashed him, but what he did versus how they used him, I think, is two different conversations. When they used him on the outside. And he got loose. He looked scary. It was frightening as, a, as an opposing defense. But when you're trying to run in between the tackles, run these counters on fourth and one, that's the stuff where I'm like, well, it doesn't take a football genius to know when you should use Montgomery and when you should use Gibbs. Ben Johnson's smarter than me at football. I'm not trying to sit up here and say I'd be a better offensive coordinator than him. But on fourth and one, <laughs> doesn't it just make more sense? logistically, just, just use your bruiser, use David Montgomery between the tackles rather than Gibbs? It, it, it sort of goes against years of NFL thinking, but you may be better off being giving Gibbs the first, second downs, and then Montgomery being your third down back, which I know sounds crazy, but ideally, you get those yards, and then you let Montgomery bruise his way to a first. And, and, that's how, and you have the play-action capability, because I think, like, what separates Gibbs 
and and why it was a great draft pick because you didn't know what you were getting with Montgomery either because I, I think this has been a career year for him. I, His I over under was at like, seven hundred and twenty five yards on the season. I, it just cashed yeah, it, it already. Yeah, so like it, more than you thought. It, it's just like it's tough. You have two great backs and. They're both very useful at times, and then other times they, they let you down. I mean, Montgomery two weeks ago with that drop, Gibbs had a drop early uh, on Sunday. How you use them is tough. How you use them is tough. But it's, it, is it? It, it's, it is. Yeah, it they is. make it seem tough. They I don't do. know if it actually I is. I think it is. Like it's I said, just you, you feel like you have an assortment of riches, and Josh Reynolds is your leading receiver. Like literally, that's what no, happened. I know, I know. Right? I mean, and and that seems Brock like Brock Wright's getting more targets than Jama, and Laporte is getting a rush. <laughs> what, what, what when is they that called about? that, I was so pumped. You've got two elite running backs, and you're letting Laporte touch yards. it up. Them. I know, I know, I know, <laughs> I know. Uh, ben, it's all gonna be fixed. Don't worry. Says this this who? was a game that had to happen to keep Eberflus's job, so Harbaugh doesn't go to Chicago. <laughs> this is all—it's all part of the grand master plan. That's the silver lining in this. Maybe Chicago's going to pay Fields. Maybe they're going to keep. Dude, Eberflus. you know what? Fields is a baller, man. Yeah, I know, but from a from a Fields, a I roster like a building standpoint, winning gets harder when you pay your quarterback. Of course, so I hope they pay their quarterback. I'd rather have Fields be on the team because I know what he is than Caleb Williams. Ah, I don't know what on. Caleb Williams is going to be. I'd rather have Caleb Williams as far away from this division as possible. At least I know what Fields is. At least the Lions have had Fields' number, even though he kind of just destroyed us. Does he? Do they? Yeah, they're they're three and two against him. Bit we, of a stretch, but I'll give it to you. How is that a stretch? I mean, they're three and two, and he runs for a hundred yards. Besides <laughs> yesterday, in every game they play, and yesterday was the best game he had throwing against this team. Yeah. He said, "All right, I'll have I'll hit the under on the rushing, and I'll throw for two twenty three." This was a, it was. A, uh, you're how, just, how you're much, just out of words. How much confidence do you have in them to win on Saturday? I mean, less than I did a couple weeks ago, but I'd still pick them. I picked them this week, man. Denver six and one in their last seven. They're minus four and a half. Looking at it, Saturday game. It, it's I think it's down to three. I think it opened at four and a half, but I think it's it's down to three because everyone's been on Denver early. Everyone just saw the Lions play their worst game of the year. So I don't know. It's tough. Uh, we're going to get more into it as the week goes on. But for now, you got a Northwood Coaches Show to get to, John. Last one of 2023, Ooh. Basketball Coaches Show. So we're going to send it out to T-Mac. Let's send it out to the Frick Sports Bar. That was the payoff. I hope it was worth it.